the Big 12 refs tried to take it from us, and they could not do it. We are so freaking back, man. This, this is Locked On Baylor postgame. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wow. I mean, wow. Welcome to another edition of Baylor Basketball Post Game on Locked On Baylor. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. What the heck just happened, man? What just happened? That's one of the all-time college basketball games I've ever been to, and I think I could have said the same thing last last home game. Uh, this conference is nuts, but the officiating is just, just dreadful, just god awful. Good Lord, have mercy on us all if this is what's going to happen the rest of the season. Baylor wins 70-68, to 68, knock off number 12, Iowa State. Two wins on the bounce. Back. In terms of this conference, back. But the story of the game is obviously Scott Drew getting ejected for, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm... I, I haven't had time. I've come right home to do this, so I haven't had time to double-check a lot. Uh, the first time in his career, he was ejected, thrown out of a game. Now, I'm going to lean on some of you people. I'll know more from Monday's show, but I'm going to lean on some of you guys in the comments here uh, who have watched on TV because I, and I was sitting straight across from the Baylor bench in the upper deck, but I, I didn't see anything there. I didn't really see anything in the first one. Um you know, usually if it's just a guy, a coach talking to a ref, you've got to like insult their mother or say a racial slur or something to get a technical foul when you have the pedigree of Scott Drew. And then the second time, it looks like he was just, he was kneeling there. He was just existing on the sideline and they teed him up, threw him out of the game. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm going to look at the comments early here just in case I, I missed something, but um, I, I don't. And I saw a bunch of people, national people, national uh, writers, pundits on Twitter during the game saying, I, I just, I can't see anything here. This was uh, incredibly soft. Uh, one called it the, the most, the softest technically seen on a coach in 35 years of watching. Uh, I have never, and, and look, we've, everyone thinks their officials are worse than the others. Just like every college campus thinks they have different squirrels than the others. But over the years, watching a lot of college basketball, Big 12 refs, I think, are more suspect than other conferences. And I have never, ever, ever, ever seen a Baylor game, nor probably a college basketball game, in my 20-plus years of watching basketball, 20 years of watching college basketball. I have never seen officials take over a game like that. That was uh, disgusting, to be totally honest with you. I mean, that officiating crew absolutely should be suspended at the bare minimum. I, I don't think they should work a game in this league the rest of this year. Maybe ever. I, I mean, that was that was terrible. We we had two teams absolutely battling it out there, um, two high-quality basketball teams, and the refs just tried to completely, and did, take control of that game. Look, 20 to nothing can't happen, which was the run that Iowa State went on. But 
how much of that was free throws? I, I was keeping track of it up till the first 11. Uh, it was 11 nothing run, and eight of those points are from the free throw line, man. I mean, it was it was just horrific. If you're one of those people who agreed with the BYU coach earlier in the year with the foul discrepancy in that in that first Big 12 game at the Foster, this one dwarfs it, man. I haven't even <laughs> I haven't even pulled up the stat sheets yet because there was just so much um, that I didn't need to look at to talk about this game, but I mean, that discrepancy was terrible. Um, uh, free throws was plus nine to Iowa state, which is made even worse by the fact that Baylor was in the bonus with seven and a half minutes to go in the first half. So you could say, Oh, well the refs, you know, did it the other way for Baylor in the first half. No, seven and a half minutes is a, is a long time, but it's not unheard of to be in the bonus. They were in the bonus with 12 minutes left in the second half. And that was after three minutes of not calling a foul on Baylor, by the way. So they had six. I think my internet went out. I'll just keep talking. Anyway, um, yeah, that was incredibly bad. Um, I, I can't believe how much the refs just put the game on their back. I, I, I just, I've never seen that in a Baylor game quite that much, maybe even in any college basketball game. I apologize if it's cutting out. It's cutting out for me. I don't know if it's cutting out for this. We, as fans is one thing, but as players and coaches and administrators, that's that's horrible, man. That's just horrible. And to do it while the commissioner was in the building, at least in the first half, conveniently enough, he was not in his seat in the second half. Probably beat the traffic a little bit um, going north on I-35. Happy for you, Brett, but you missed that. And now you'll have to answer for this too. By the way, I, I got a text. I obviously didn't see the post-game presser, but Mac Rhodes uh, called it an embarrassment to the league, that officiating, and he's 1,000% right. 1,000% right. And for for someone who sticks to Dave Aranda, Mac, Mac is a feisty guy, man. I mean, he is fiery. And I didn't hear him tell a lie there. I didn't hear him tell a lie. And it's, and it's really too bad because this could have been, it's too bad that the refs, tried to take the game into their hands and try to 72 Olympics us, but that could have been a comfortable Baylor victory. I know they're never comfortable in the big 12, but Baylor had everything they, anything they wanted, especially defensively, man, they were shutting down Iowa state. Like you can say 20 to nothing can't happen. And that's true, but that was a direct impact on the horrific officiating we saw in that game. Um, which takes away a little bit from an incredible basketball game, but we still got a great finish. Um, Ray J. Dennis, again, I talked about the leadership down the stretch against UCF. He ends up leading the team in points, but it's really big, big shots down the stretch. Man needed those shorts because the things in between the legs was just dragging on the floor. That's how big those shots were, man. Uh, the threes from the corner when Baylor couldn't buy a basket some points in the second half, like he was massive for them. And then when he can't get back into the game because of offense, defense, subs, Jaden Nunn <laughs> has, the, has the turnover because they can't get Ray J into the game. 
then steals the pass, then misses a couple free throws, then makes the game-winning basket, misses another free throw, which keeps Iowa State in the game. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, when that heave went in, I was in the arena. I was none the wiser to the time. I just assumed that was heartbreak, loss, number infinity in Baylor fandom um, and that the game was over. But obviously, it was so obvious. I know you don't call it that way on the court. I'll give him some leeway there. But it was so obvious he did not get that off in time. Um, And, I mean, genuinely one of the best college basketball games I have ever been to. Um, Here's where I will directly ask the people in the comments because I obviously didn't get this being in the arena. But what was it with the refs? putting the time back on the clock. Now, I said it in real time. There, there was definitely time. I mean, there was no way two, two whole seconds ran off. I, I don't know when they blew the whistle or anything, but that just doesn't happen. Um, and then I'm seeing they, they're trying to add it up. Can someone put that, try to describe that down in the comments below? I know I'll see that like a minute and a half because of the delay on this. Um, but uh, it was just an incredible game. Um Incredible game. I'm starting to get the starting to get the answers here. Will says they started the clock early after the missed free throw. Okay. Yeah, that, that's where it's tough because that is for sure on the people operating the clock. You know, as bad as the refs were during the game, you can't really review when the whistle blew, or you know, you, you can't see it from all angles when they got the timeout off. So um <laughs> So I, I don't know, but uh, we have some people saying it was nowhere close to 1.2. Um, Boston Straw says, I don't even know what the, if the refs knew what they were doing. I don't know if they knew what they were doing the whole game. Um, I can't believe Scott Drew got ejected with two texts. That is the equivalent of Mr. Rogers like being a capo for Tony Soprano. Like there, there's just no way he said anything to get two texts. Like, oh man. <laughs> it's okay. So here's the math. 0.7 plus 0.5 equals 1.2. Well, I think that's true, but were they just guessing? Is that it? Were they just they just guessing in, in real time? That's kind of funny. Um I just, there's, I I would love to hear from the refs. Of course, we never will um, because they will never face the music into the actual public. They might get suspended and they absolutely should be. But we and the team and Scott Drew and Mac Rhodes, we deserve an explanation for that. And we'll never get one. I I would love to hear what he said because there's just no way. I mean, you know how foul it has to be to get just tossed out of a game. Um that's that's incredible. Uh, just incredible. And of course, TJ Otzelberger just perfectly after the game says, I thought we had a good officiating crew. That's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. I'm way behind in the comments here because I'm trying to get that clock thing. If you guys are talking about anything other than the refs, put it back down in the comments, but we can talk about the refs too. Uh, so Will says, his second tech was for taking a knee with one foot over the coach's box line and said, ref, are you, you have got to be kidding me. Is that really it? Is that, is that seriously it? <laughs> this is abhorrent, man. This is beyond the pale, bro. That's, that's terrible. That is terrible. And I did see Ryan says too, the ref was 10 feet away with his back turned for the second tech. That's what I saw too. 
Oh, that is that is brutal. Oh, that is so brutal. <laughs> That's so messed up, man. Like, think think about that if Baylor loses that game. You took a team's Hall of Fame coach away for the second half of the second half because his knee was over a coach's box? I hate to be this kind of guy, but like when when does Scott Drew start getting the calls that Bill Self gets? Like when does he start getting the whistle that Tom Izzo gets? Or, you know, a few years ago that Roy Williams got. You know what I mean? Like when? How many national championships does he have to win? Or not even that. How long does he need to be the nicest guy in college basketball to get some favorable whistles? I mean... That's that's incredible. Not even favorable, just not completely messed up. ZS Tudhill, sorry if I said that wrong. Jake has said he said nothing to get the third tech. Okay, so it must have been a double tech when he got uh, tossed. I don't, is it two techs for the game or does he have to be double tech to get ejected? Uh, I don't know. That That's just, that's unbelievable. Casey Latham says, also, aren't you supposed to get a warning for the coach's box violation first? I think so. I would think so. I mean, maybe the rules are different in the women's game, but I saw for years Kim Mulkey go wherever she wanted to go on the sideline. Wherever. So, that's just... Oof. Oof, man. God, you guys are great with the comments. Here they come. Okay, so they they teed up Jacus too? Oh, my God, man. Uh, Ryan said, yeah, Jacus was asked by John Morris about the third tech, and he said, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, okay, so I guess that was the third tech. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that one. I was in the arena, so we just see Scott Drew walking off, and that's kind of it. Scotty B, the Iowa State head coach, needs to get glasses because he's as blind as Ray Charles. Yeah, not as... I mean, he's definitely somewhere between Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles. Because Stevie Wonder isn't blind. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Third tech was on the bench is what I'm seeing here. Um, yeah, that's crazy. How about John Jacobs, though? John Jacobs, he's not going to get the win. But, I mean, actually, like, legit. Shout out to John Jacobs, man. Because I, I tweeted it during the game, and I said it to my girlfriend who was there with me, of... Like, if Baylor doesn't get their heads back in the game, like, if they can't re- re- regain focus after all that transpired, I-, I can't blame them for that. Like, I really can't. Most teams in the country are going to fall apart after that, and I wouldn't be able to blame them. We were all falling apart in the stands, but they didn't. They turned it around. They went down two possessions at one point after being up 13 in the second half, and, and they got their head back on straight, and they handled the storm that came with the referees and not having their head coach and then handled the storm that came in the last minute, which I described a few minutes ago of just Jade Nunn show for better or for worse. And it does turn out to be better. But I mean, so much happens even in that last minute, again, with the turnovers and uh, not being able to get Ray J on the court for the offensive defensive switch. You notice they were doing that really the last like three minutes when Ray J got his fourth foul. And the two free throws that Jaden Nunn missed, he's like hobbling, clearly hobbling. And I don't know what the rule is on this, but I think it's referee's discretion because he's pointing to the bench. 
Jacus is pointing to none, and they're like, he can't shoot these, and we're already trying to sub him out. Um, there, I think it's referee's discretion whether that player is injured enough that they don't have to shoot the free throws. Instead, he had to shoot the free throws and and miss both. So, um, yeah, that's that's terrible. Will with some more explanations here. Thank you, Will. Announcer said that both of Scott's texts were for going out of the coaching box, and that Jacus got a tech for apparently saying something to the ref. Looked like a lot of nothing too. Yeah, I can't imagine. I really can't imagine John Jacobs is like hurling insults at the referee. I mean, he seems very quiet. Um, look, there's something that comes over all basketball coaches, but still. So credit to John Jacobs, man, for writing this ship and getting it back on course and winning the game. A huge win against a very good team, by the way, in Iowa State that that didn't have their full complement tonight, not necessarily of players. They, they weren't hurt or anything, but they just didn't play their best basketball, I don't think. Um, and Baylor, Baylor was playing a great, great game for the 30 minutes before this became just totally out of hand. They were playing their best basketball of the year in the first half. That's what I mean by, like, we're so back. Um, they were out rebounding the crap out of them, which is what Iowa state's really good at. They were able to run an effective offense without the ball screens. Um, they were shooting the lights out the first half. And I was like, Oh boy, I wonder if they're going to be able to adjust the offense. And they did, they did big time. Um, they were able to get two point field goals, which I thought was going to be really tough for them. So, um, that was big by the way, the crowd, it's been great at all the foster games for the men, at least. This was fantastic tonight. This was fantastic. We didn't we didn't clutch our Bibles when the referees were trying to take the game away from us. They chanted, ref, you suck, because the refs sucked and they deserved to hear it. I'm sorry, man. They deserve to hear that. When your job is in front of 10,000 people and you suck at it, you deserve to get told that you suck at it. That's what you sign up for. And, but, but even just the way the crowd got into it, the way they backed this team, I mean, it could have gone south. We, we booed when we needed to boo. We show them that they suck. And then we got back to let's help the bears win this game. And the crowd was a character in the, in the show tonight in the drama that was Baylor versus Iowa state. The crowd was a massive character in it. Um, that's, I just can't say enough about it. It was such a fun environment to be in. Um, and that was a great, great Baylor crowd. Students were awesome. They were overflowing in the student section. Um, that was great. <laughs> this is the same crew that Huggy Bear called three blind mice. You know, I can't keep them in track, keep, keep track of them because there's so many that Huggy Bear could have said that about. Um okay, Carlton. All right, Carlton shrank a little bit more on the game. Uh Thoughts on going to the zone, then back to the man. I thought it worked pretty well. I, I really did uh, because I thought half the fouls that were called in the second half weren't fouls or weren't called evenly across the two sides. Uh, the zone was great at times. Now, you could see at in parts of that first half where Iowa State had figured it out. They had found the soft spot either at the free throw line or in the middle of the key. Um so I think that was a, a chief reason why they went back to the man. But uh, I think Baylor's getting good enough at the man-to-man that they will stick with that as their primary defense. But they can roll out that zone against anybody. Um, I, I sincerely believe it. They, they can roll it whenever. And that is such a dangerous thing when you can play 
pretty much just as effective in the zone as you can in the man-to-man. Um, that was fantastic. Tia Tovar, 96. By the way, if, if you're having a child soon, man, congratulations. Hope it's a boy. Out of curiosity, who runs the shot clocks? Is it a Baylor person or a ref? That's a great question. And I don't know for sure, but I think it is a Big 12 employee. I think. Um, it would be someone who lives nearby, but I'm almost certain it's a Big 12 employee and not a Baylor one. Um because like I said earlier, so much of that that 1.2 actually came down to the clock operators, not necessarily the officials on that one. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a Big 12 person. I think it's a Big 12 person. Raj says, who decides this is the year we are eight versus five at every game? I will give MSU and Duke those wins, but the other three are ridiculous. With three wins there, we are number one in the country. I'll say that, yes, if you won those three games and you're undefeated in the conference, the best conference in America, you'd definitely be number one. Um, I, I, the Big 12 officiating is not good. It's not, um, and it's wildly inconsistent. There's not many that I can point to in those three losses that are like, man, we got screwed over there. Uh, maybe I'm forgetting some. Like I, I didn't think they were great in any of the games, uh, including some of the ones they won. You know, I, I thought... We have a better argument against the refs tonight than than BYU had um, a few weeks back, but like that just goes to show you that there's arguments just after basically every game. I mean, this conference they just they have to figure this out, man. This is this is really really bad. I, I am not a hey let's blame the refs guy, but this if if Baylor had lost this game, it would have been like nine hundred ninety eight percent on the refs. They just completely changed the game. They did the one thing you're not supposed to do, and that is take control of the game and change the narrative of the game. And they absolutely did that and almost changed the outcome of the game, which is just incredible. You you can't have that. You can't have that in the top conference in America. You can't have it in any Power 5 conference, let alone a top 20 matchup. Aiden says, Jacobs did an awesome job calming them down, unless it was like Ray J or someone, but I think some of the credit absolutely needs to go to Jacobs. Absolutely, man. Because the other thing, too, is Jacobs is an associate head coach. I think that Baylor has two of them, but Baylor has three really high-profile assistants. Jacobs, Jared Nunes, and Alvin Brooks III. And obviously, they have this plan in place, but those are three very relevant voices in every huddle. and. But but you always knew Scott Drew was the alpha. He was the guy. He was the head coach. And now when Scott Drew goes out there, goes out of the game, it, it, it's just tough for any assistant coach to step in. I mean, it's really like a stepdad syndrome thing where, you know, all three of those guys have very relevant voices in there. And then all of a sudden, two are an assist, assistant coaches to the other assistant. So, I mean, big props to Jacus and big props to all three of them. Um, to put their pride aside and, and see out the rest of this game. I mean, that was incredible. Boston Straw, the Jaden Nunn game. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Any way you draw, draw it up, it was the Jaden Nunn game. Uh, shout out to Barbara Teague, Macy Oteague's mom, who tweeted out this morning about putting some respect on Jaden Nunn. He has really turned things around, and I tweeted at it too. She's absolutely right. We have not talked about Jaden Nunn the last couple of games, and that's a good thing because when we were talking about him, it was, it was turnovers and bad shots. 
Um, he has absolutely evolved from that. I know he missed free throws at the end there and he had a turnover. Um, but even when they were losing, I thought he was really turning the corner. I thought Ray J Dennis was turning the corner and now you're seeing that, um, your two, your two starting guards and at times your two primary ball handlers are making much better decisions. Now, Iowa State's an electrifying defense. They did force 20 turnovers from Baylor tonight. That that would have been something that would have sunk them. They forced 20 and scored 26 off of them. They doubled up Baylor in points off turnovers and almost doubled them up in the turnover category. I think Iowa State had like seven or eight in the first half, and they finished with 11. So Baylor's got to get better on both ends of that. Um, but then again, some of those could have been fouls. Um, okay. Thank you, Bram. Bram Janvrin clears this up, clears this rule up for me. If none came out when he was injured for those free throws, Iowa state would pick the shooter off the bench. Okay. All right. Um, as good as none's been, he is one of the worst free throw shooters on the team. So maybe it would have been better. I don't know. Um, thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate that. Um, oh, will. Speaking of turnovers, on that review of the Ray J turnover late in the second half, Russ missed a cl crystal clear reach in that caused Dennis to lose the ball. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Should have. Uh, that was a terrible miss. And we, again, in the arena, got like half of one replay on it. So that stinks. David says, Cam, were you shouting at Jacobs to take the timeout when it was tied up with eight seconds left? Uh, was it tied up with eight seconds left? Yes, it was. Um... No, I wasn't, which is against my brand, David, because I have been calling for that. I've, I've used that against Scott Drew twice this year. I think I just wasn't paying attention as much. I think it was so in the moment, David. Um, but yeah, probably should have, probably should have, but he makes a great play. He's been taking it into guy's chest the last couple of games. That was awesome. Um, Bram says, Baylor was the better team overall tonight. Looks like a second weekend team if they play that well. Absolutely, man. If they play that well, the sky's the limit for this team. It's a third weekend team Be because look how look how in control they were of the game against Iowa State, who I was saying this not just for show on on yesterday's show. Like Iowa State's legit, man. Iowa State can play in the Final Four. Like that that team has the makeup for it. I don't know if they quite have enough shot makers. Um, although I mean they did hit a shot right after the buzzer, so. Um, I, I really think that that team has the makeup to to make a deep run. And Baylor was absolutely controlling them until the refs got in the way. So yeah, I think this team, if they if they start to string games together like this, sky's the limit. Absolutely. I mean, there's still going to be bumps in the road in the Big Twelve because it's that good. But yeah, yeah, they were they were fantastic tonight. And Boston Straw says Baylor's best game of the year. I'm not going to blame them for faltering a bit after that ref show. It would have been phased as well. Yeah, I, I mean, we all were in the stands. It was. I've never heard such profanities at a Baylor game. Most of them were me. Um, yeah, both teams missing the free throws. Iowa State was terrible. What were they? 19 of 32, 59% from the free throw line. Woof, Maron. That sucked. Baylor missed seven all night, and three of them were in the final minute. So, da -da -da -da. Bobby telling me not to apologize. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate that. They are dirtbags, man. That was terrible. I mean, that is your job. That is your job. Preston says, where does tonight rank in terms of best crowds you've been in? Ooh. Baylor basketball? 
It's really close to number one, Preston. Maybe this is my nostalgia. This actually did come up on the Locked On Baylor Twitter the other day, too. Um, 2017 against Kansas, when we had the neon out and there were neon on every seats, uh, that was electric. That was that was really, really awesome. You couldn't buy a ticket to that game. Um, we ended up losing, <laughs> which was classic Baylor back then. Um, but I'm going to put that at number one, and I'll, I'll sleep on this, but this would be number two. Like, this was really great. Uh, even the Cincinnati game and the BYU games this year, Foster is just tailored to elite atmospheres, man. We got to keep that going. Don't wrestle on our laurels for that one. That it was fantastic. Um, it might, it might be number one, Preston. It was really that good. It, it mostly cause it was just a part of the game. Again, it was a character in the, in the show, in the play, in the drama. Like it was all there. Everyone was on the same page. It wasn't like the Pharaoh when we would have had a couple thousand, not a couple thousand, but you know what I mean? Like 2000 Iowa state fans in there. Um, we're, we're doing much better at that. So, um, it, it was, it might be number one, Preston. That was such a fun thing to be a part of, man. It really, really was. Carlton says Eve with that closeout to force the shot clock violation was clutch. Heck yeah, it was. He had a couple really big defensive plays. Uh, he obviously gets that block that ends up back into Iowa State's hand. They call a terrible foul on Baylor. I know, like, genuinely, that was one of the worst ones on the night. Um, and he was altering shots in the first half, like he's done all season long. I wish that could be quantified in a stat. But, yeah, that was the big one that forced the, the shot clock violation that somehow Iowa State didn't know how much time was on the clock. Um, and speaking of Eve Misi, Will says, Misi played outstanding with four fouls late in the game, didn't shy away from playing physical and played incredibly smart defense. It's, it's an incredible skill to have, especially for a guy who is that young and still relatively that new to basketball. He's only been playing organized, organized basketball like for three years or so, if I'm not mistaken, and he should still be in high school age wise. And it's not just how well he plays. It's how mature he plays. You shouldn't be able to take him out of the game, man. I mean, he, he is, he's that smart. And that was a humongous lift for you tonight because you needed some rebounds late that he got for you. Um, and Aiden says, I'm amazed at how badly a hurt Jaden unwanted that win. Didn't want a timeout, just grabbed the ball and took it from Iowa State. That's the moment of the year so far. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of inspiring, man. Like, if he misses that and we go to overtime, I still can't be mad at it. Because you remember he had the shot that could have won the game in regulation against Kansas State. And I and plenty of you in the comments were sitting here saying they couldn't hit a three all night. Why was he sidestepping and taking a three when he could have just drove to the basket, had a floater, got to the free throw line, something. So uh, I would I'm okay with him taking it. If he has that lane, take it right into their chest. Man, that was that was great. That was really great. Scotty B, if Iowa State fans whine about the loss and the refs and the rest were the main cause, and they need a chalice. Tell them that other factors were involved in the game. Yeah, they shouldn't be complaining. They really shouldn't. If I see any complaining from my pal Cyclone Larry, I'm going to lose it. I also want to shout out Josh O for hustling on an offensive board, losing the ball, and then throwing the ball off an ISU player just to catch the ball out of bounds. I died laughing. It wasn't a tremendous play, and I didn't really see the end of it where he caught it out of bounds. I thought they called that his foot was out of bounds, which would have been a terrible call, so... Okay, maybe that was good. 
Ryan says Tweety was hyped. Tweety Carter or Twitter? Probably both. I hope Tweety was. All the Big 12 teams have wicked schedules coming up. Yeah, where I come from, we use wicked as an adjective, though. Wicked bad schedules. Wicked tough schedules. Uh, oh, Will says Jacus did try to call the timeout with that eight seconds left, but the refs didn't give it to him. This is what I get for being six minutes behind in the comments. Um, dang, that that's the second time that's happened to Baylor this year, by the way. The UT game, it certainly looked like... Um, <laughs> Certainly looked like uh, they got screwed out of another one there. Uh, Wilson says, I'm TN Tovar's 90s, 96 is brother-in-law, so that Uncle Life is coming soon. Any advice? Uh, depending on the day, have him be a Baylor fan or don't have him be a Baylor fan, man. This is taking years off my life, bro. I was already balding, but we're really speeding this up. Were you at the TCU three overtime game? Yes, I was. I think we were talking about the environment there um, because Will says best I've ever experienced is 2022 against Villanova. We absolutely smothered them defensively. I wasn't at that game, but that was a, a lot of fun to watch. I think they held, they held them. Was it 51 36? Am I right in that? that incredible, incredible, incredible game. Um, yeah, Carlton, I agree with you on this one. I wish Misi would stay, but sadly a ceiling is too high to pass on the NBA. Yeah, that, that stinks, man. That really stinks. Uh, Carlton also asked, why did Iowa State get the ball so far up on the last possession? Um, I guess that's, I, I don't know the rules behind when you call a timeout, how far you can advance it. Um, so I don't know on that one, but it was one in the arena, by the way, where I don't know if you saw this on TV, but the refs were um, like lining up under the basket. They were ready to do an under the basket um, inbounds and, and Ott's told them, no, it needs to be in front of the Baylor bench. So I don't know. Um, before I get out of here, because we do have to end this, this is the longest post game and definitely the most watched post game. So thank you guys for coming in. Um, were were the were the broadcasters like losing it over this officiating? I know my guy Pete Souza, who is play by play, is very professional, but like, were they talking about this at all? Because uh, to me, it was just so heinous, and I know everything seems more heinous against your team when you're in the arena, but. I just couldn't believe it. And I couldn't stop saying it to, to Grace, who was next to me. I was like, man, I, I've never seen a game get controlled by the refs like this. I, I I just, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. And they're saying the, the announcers were dumbfounded. Uh, so was I. Uh, so was I. Um, they were baffled by how crazy it was. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to, to see if these refs were paid off. Me neither, Boston Straw. Like, very little explanation for this. Like I'm telling you, it was that bad that that they shouldn't they shouldn't do a game the rest of the season in the Big Twelve. I, I I'm sorry, man. It, it was it was horrific, and it almost cost a team a game, like a crucial crucial game. Um, so that just can't happen. I've kind of gone over the big stats that that stuck out to me. Um, Baylor was plus 13 in rebounding in the first half, which I thought was awesome. We got some early Miro little minutes, but incredibly that got pushed way to the back burner on how this game played out. Those, those couple of minutes of Miro little, he didn't score, but they had him in the game pretty early on. Um, 2953 was how much of the game Baylor led um, and deserved to win it. If you're interested Baylor out-assisted them, <laughs> had more second-chance points, had less bench points, 
because it wasn't a vintage Langston Love night. He only had three points, but the other guys, they picked him up, man. Uh, Ray J. Dennis, Jaden Nunn, big time in this game. Just big time. And Jacoby Walter, another tough night from the floor, two of 10. Um, but I'm starting to realize how much of that is because he's just going hard to the basket. He's also one of six from three tonight. But a lot of times his misses are because he's drawing fouls, which is the end there. Um, that's all. Finley says TJ and ISU staff should size, go size up on their polos. Yeah, there's a lot of schmediums on that bench, man. That is becoming the culture at Ames. Um, Armand says, final thoughts on Tim's kid. Hmm. I'm guessing that's TN Tovar 96. Final thoughts. I was going to tell him this even before he knew the sex of the child, but um, Cameron is a unisex name. Better on a boy, though. Just saying that. Um, the lead. Oh, oh, Casey. I got to keep this show going. Casey, the lead ref was suspended by conference USA 13 years ago. Well, get ready to learn Mac buddy, because you got to get out of here. This, he's got priors. He somehow got a promotion. No, no. Uh-uh. You didn't learn your lesson, brother. I don't know what you have against Scott drew. I don't know if he stole your girl or what. But we we ain't doing that anymore. He's trying to link it in here. Casey is uh, from the El Paso Times. Oh, so he screwed UTEP over too? Who doesn't like UTEP, man? Anyway, um, I can't wait to hear that that post game presser. I'm sure most of you have heard it. Um, I don't know, um, but I, I can't wait to see. I, I will drag these refs, man. I really don't care. I really don't care. Aiden says Jalen Bridges hit a super clutch three. He always flies under the radar, but he played so damn good tonight. He did. He really did. Ooh, the plot thickens is right, Will. We, we will have to get out of here, but that'll definitely be a part of Monday's show. Ooh, I will drag these refs. I don't care. Guys, thank you so much for coming along. Uh, we'll have more of a breakdown tomorrow um, or for, for Monday's show. I'll record it tomorrow. Um, and we'll talk about the refs. We'll hear what Scott Drew had to say. And we'll look at this going forward because, like, look, we're back. We're back. That doesn't mean we're going to win five in a row because you got a, a tough tech team that's coming in pissed off uh, Tuesday night to the Farrell. So, or Farrell, the Foster. Um, so we'll see. Got to defend your home court. But I, I love the way this team is trending. Um, I, I liked it even in that loss to TCU. I think they're... They're doing the right things. Um, and we've definitely seen that over the last two games, which should have been two comfortable victories. I'll end it with this comment. CJ says, we're winning the natty. We're winning the natty. It started tonight. And you can follow a national championship season all season long with your first listen today and every day, five days a week, plus the post games on Locked on Baylor.